0: Welcome to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny show. Sean Finnegan is joining me today. Hello, thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us both. And Fran is out today. He is still uh, dealing with some vacation stuff, I think. But today we are going to discuss Destiny 1 announcements that would keep people interested. The hardcore fan base has been asking for this. So we're going to discuss what would keep people hooked. Uh, We're going to ask the question, will Destiny 2 ever be as successful as Destiny 1 was? You can refer to this in terms of sales or just audience. And the final thing we're going to discuss is, what are some easy ways Bungie could make the raid challenges better? So, right off the bat, I do want to talk a little bit about our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we have a Facebook group, Fireteam Chat, if you guys would like to join that. Uh, they asked that I plug it again. Apparently, we have missed a few episodes of plugging it. They're, they're a great little community, completely fan-run, uh, about couple thousand members it's uh it's a really nice little group
1: yeah people are nice in there they are uh welcoming and uh better than anything i think it's really good for finding groups and kind of finding new people to play with and uh i've you know frequented the group and i know a lot of people who work with groups so that they found in that specific group so yeah yeah
0: yeah they're a great they're a great bunch so let's get to the meat of the episode What Destiny 1 announcements would keep you interested? This is something that the hardcore fan base has been asking for for a while, and they kind of deserve it. So, you know, we had Sparrow Racing last time. We did, yeah. And that was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they need something big. I think they need a large chunk of DLC this time, and they need to announce it shortly. What do you think?
1: I think you're right. I mean, in terms of keeping people interested, like the loop that destiny operates in which is you know explore new content find new gear use that gear to make yourself better and then more efficient at exploring content like that loop only works if there's new content right mm-hmm. something new to do and sparrow racing and sort of smaller sided events provide that in spurts but nothing really significant and i think like If you're going to want to keep people interested it's going to have to be something really really big like a brand new story dlc like a group of missions new strikes Mm -hmm. but in the interim what you can do is like something i've been saying for a long time is just let me or let me play year one strikes Mm -hmm. uh with sort of taken variants in the Vanguard Heroic playlist, right? There's all these great strikes that we haven't played in so long, and there's no reason to go back to them because the only thing worth your time is grinding strikes, like the Heroic strikes. I definitely
0: agree with that. Right now we're kind of stuck in this loop of running the, the King's Fall raid on hard over and over again for a chance it drops. You can do that about once a week, but we're all kind of getting a little, little bit uh, burnt out on that. I mean, it's still fun. It's still a fantastic experience, but... You have two raids just sitting there not doing anything, and there's no incentive to go back to those experiences, which were which were pretty cool experiences. I think they have this um, – like with the strikes, they have these huge chunks of content that they're just letting go to waste that it seems like they should be able to update in some fashion – so that players would go back to it. Would you go back and do Vault of Glass if oh, you got higher light level drops on the gear?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there are a lot of players out there who look very fondly on Vault of Glass and mm-hmm. sort of Crota's um, End or, you know, whatever that... What does that raid actually call Krotas End. It is called that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but... One of the really cool things that the Taken King introduced was like the same similar strike. Well there were new strikes, but like strikes that were we'd played before with taken variants and they play differently, right? Yeah. Like the Undying Mind plays differently if you get the Vex version versus the Taken version. I think that's really cool. And as someone who likes doing that stuff or likes being more efficient at that stuff, I would love to do that on a bigger scale, which is the raids, right? Mm-hmm. That would be a pretty, at least in my mind, I don't know how easy it is. I am not a game developer. But I would love to see them re-implement a lot of the stuff that you say, like like you said, is kind of just sitting around, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, they have all this. They have strikes. They have the raid. They have crucible experiences that are harder for people that only have the core game to access. yeah. You know,
1: and I mean, here's the thing: is like, what does your week look like when it comes to as a regular Destiny player? For me, it's like I jump on, like, let's say it's reset, right? Yeah. Like, Tuesday, I jump on, and the goal is to do the raid, on King's Fall raid, on hard, mm-hmm. once per character. I only have two, so on my hunter and on my titan, I'll do the dailies if I can every day. But like nowadays, these these days, I'm not really. I don't need marks as much yeah. as I used to, right? But I try and keep it at the cap as much as I can. Yeah,
0: I do, like, the multiplayer one, and then I wait for something like uh, Iron Banner, where you actually need right. them. Well, and then I use them all up, and then I build it up again. But exactly, then I just sit and wait.
1: Exactly. That's yeah. my point. Is like, I'll get in, I'll do the raids, I'll do the dailies, if I need the marks, which I don't really need the marks nowadays. And then if... People are on and they're playing Iron Banner, or there's something like an event based PvP, then I'll go do that with them too. Otherwise, I'm not really jumping into PvP just on my own to play because it's fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is fun, but like I love in Destiny to be achieving something as I'm doing it. And without that, like carrot on the stick, there's no real reason to stick around. So if they could figure out a way to either, you know, not make iron banner permanent but like either have it be more frequent or new sort of similar pvp modes Mm -hmm. or more types of sparrow racing in the interim as well as sort of doing what we just talked about in terms of taking variants of strikes and stuff and then add that all in with one big content drop i think you'll have more than enough things out there for people who play really hardcore like you and me to want to do regularly
0: yeah and we haven't even kind of discussed like what else they could do with the crucible like could there be new crucible maps like would that bring you back i don't know at this point but like would with this next dlc push do you think a new raid could come like on mars everybody's been saying mars is the next location
1: That would be awesome. I mean, I think I've said this before on the show, but like with that strike with the Shield Brothers strike, you kind of through dialogue, learn a lot about the Cabal Mm -hmm. and the Cabal are really, really interesting, right? Yeah, I want to know more about them sort of as just like this warring species, right? Mm -hmm. And if the raid ended up being on Mars and we get to learn a little bit more about the Cabal and how they work and fight cool Cabal bosses, that would be totally awesome. Mm -hmm. As far as whether or not it's actually coming i mean it's totally a totally just kind of a shot in the dark right Um, yeah the chances of me being right if i said yes or no are equal Mm. uh i'm hopeful, so i'm gonna go ahead and say yes yeah i mean i want to be hopeful too i hope that there is a big content drop a big dlc pack coming and that it has a raid
0: so with all these little pieces of content that budgie has released i've almost reduced my expectations for the next dlc drop You know, and that's kind of unfortunate because they had this amazing thing with the Taken King, but I'm just like, well, don't get too excited because it could be another Dark Below, you know, where it's like a raid and you kind of get through all that content incredibly fast.
1: Yeah, and I think that is probably the reason why I think it's not as actually, like, I don't think it's as reasonable to believe that the content drop will be a big DLC like the Taken King or like the Dark Below because I think year one has proven that that's too difficult to do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, one, it's very difficult to design new content, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, Raids are something I'm sure they spend like a year or more just with a team focused on that developing it. Definitely. Probably even longer. I mean, who knows, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then you, what, at whatever price point you release it, fans are going to be angry that it's yeah. too expensive. That's unavoidable. Mm-hmm. And your statistics show that like... or 10% of the entire player base actually ends up making it to the raid. So it's like, why are you wasting your time, right? There's a lot of reasons why there shouldn't be a raid. Mm -hmm. But then you add to that the fact that things like, you know, the microtransactions have been paying so many bills like a ton of people spend a ton of money on that stuff and a lot of people seem to be engaging with sort of temporary events like festival of the lost or you know sparrow racing and suddenly there doesn't seem to be that much reason to want to design something really big but as the hardcore player like me i think that's kind of sad like all i want is that stuff like Mm -hmm. i thought sparrow racing was fun it was a cool little change of pace for the three weeks that it was there Mm -hmm. but i can't see that being like something i would want to do regularly and I can't see that being what the future of Destiny is, just like little mm-hmm. events like that, you know? Well, here's one thing
0: that everybody did get a chance to access with The Taken King because of the spark of light, and that was uh, this new story elements. They did a fantastic job flushing yeah. out all these characters with the voice actors and everything, and it would be great to see them just just revisit that. Sure, okay, you don't do a raid, whatever. I mean, that's a bummer for the hardcore audience. But the 80% of players that get to experience that story they would love more narrative, and, absolutely, and like that's something that they've managed to improve actually with the Taken King. Quite I think a bit, so,
1: yeah. Well, and that's and you actually bring up a good point. Is like I I actually like House of Wolves a lot, and that is yeah. you know that's content that did that's a big DLC drop that didn't have a raid, right? So mm-hmm. it's not as if there's this the idea that a raid has to come with every DLC in order for it to be valuable. I don't think that that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, And I say that as someone who loves raids and wants raids, but I don't think you need it, right? Like you said, and I think we've said it before, like I would love for Destiny and Bungie to really double down on what made the Taken King so special, which like you said was cool storytelling, cool narrative, cool voice acting, cool cinematics. Like if that's, that I could legitimately see, you know, the future of Destiny being is like, if this next DLC drop doesn't have a raid, but it is six to ten new missions one or two new strikes that build in with that well, like narrative
0: four hours of gameplay yeah like yeah. four hours of story gameplay that'd be fantastic totally and everybody would get to experience it
1: yeah and it you also know. answers a lot of the questions that we've been bringing up since the very first game right yeah. like since the destiny and its sort of inception which is like i want the big questions answered or at least not answered entirely but at least explored. like a, explored right like does anyone who it what is the traveler? Mm-hmm. What is it doing?
0: Uh, oh man, what if the next story is just exploring that question? What right. is the traveler? Yeah, how did he get stopped? You know, why like,
1: are all these warring races like coming toward like our solar system? Like, why are they interested in the traveler? Like, yeah. they don't appear to have any sort of. Uh, ability to use its light Mm -hmm. also like who are the guardians right like Mm -hmm. what happened during the collapse like all of just all of the setup for what destiny is in the universe like basically none of those big questions are answered and if like we could get chunks of that explored in story form the way we kind of got with the taken king like Mm -hmm. man that would be real cool and that would keep me interested
0: i definitely agree what do you guys think uh let us know in the comments below because this is something that the community has definitely been asking for with that said, I'm going to transition to the next topic, and this one's a little bit scary because if you think about it, I don't know if it's possible. I'll, I'll pose the question to you here, though, right now. Will Destiny 2 fail is basically the question. Will Destiny 2 <laughs> ever be able to be as successful as Destiny 1 in terms of sales, audience, etc.? You have this hardcore audience. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it's large, but in terms of sales, mm-hmm. it's not going to be as big as the Destiny One audience, and that has to be a little bit scary for Bungie and Activision. and us as players that love this series and want to play more, uh, How could the core audience that got to play Destiny One, they feel burned? And we see it in the comments, we see them talking about it all the time, like people still play this game, et cetera, et cetera. There's just this overwhelming feeling that I got burned buying Destiny 1. So how could Destiny 2 ever be a success?
1: So first thing, there's a lot to unpack there, but one, I don't think sales equate success. Let's first off go there, right? There are plenty of- So Destiny
0: 1, definitely a success sales-wise, but a failure narrative wise and like the core product yeah.
1: yeah i wouldn't again I wouldn't even really call it a failure right mm-hmm. like that would that's a pretty strong statement like it didn't live up to the expectations and
0: I'd say in the fans' eyes, they were let down by the product that was presented to them most of them were some like us yeah we're happy with it well, we don't no, 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 no.
1: recognize the strength and the I'm game not disagreeing and the with experience. you there, but I mean like to say that something I don't think that it's all Mm -hmm. binary, right? Like, I don't think that just because something wasn't a smashing success that it's a Mm -hmm. giant failure, right? Like, it's the spectrum of, like, Mm -hmm. balancing expectations with the delivery, right? You are right in saying that a lot of fans expected this massive, open-world, exploratory shooter based on Halo's legacy and Bungie as the Halo developer. And Mm -hmm. in that regard, yeah, it didn't quite live up to that. But because it didn't live up to that, is that a a failure? Uh No, I don't think so. So the question is, yeah, that's
0: arguing. Destiny One will Destiny Two fail? Will it fall flat on its face when it's released?
1: No, of course not. That's Why do you say that? Th- because Destiny, while Destiny One might have been a little bit lacking with fans' expectations, mm-hmm. there's a very big and vibrant audience that plays Destiny now. Mm-hmm. Who, when Destiny Two comes around, if it does, you know, bring new features and do something new and interesting and different, and is, you know, a little bit more settled in the next gen. Uh, sort of iteration of where we're at in the industry i think those fans will be looking forward to destiny just as much if not more than they were destiny one so if you want to like like i said there's all these different factors into what determines a failure versus a success and i don't think it's binary i don't think that you can just flat out say it is or it isn't right without Mm -hmm. considering what you're talking about but if the question is will destiny Two fail no it won't fail Mm mm-hmm There are plenty of games, plenty of games that are not nearly as good as Destiny that sell pretty well. Here's my question to the—we usually get a lot of comments
0: with a lot of negativity towards Destiny. I really want to hear a real response from you guys this time, and I want to know why or why not, when asked this question, why will you not be playing Destiny 2? And we get a lot of people on the internet that say they won't, then they still buy it anyway, like with a Call of Duty— Boycott. There was a group for Call of Duty uh, Two or something like Modern Warfare Two or something. They were all boycotting it, and the everybody in the boycott group was playing it the day it launched. Of course. Yeah. So I'd really, I would really, really be interested to say, hear you say why you will not be playing that game, and then going even further, is there any world or any situation where you would give it another chance with the sequel? You know, I think that'd be really, really interesting to hear from the audience. And you can just leave a comment on this episode.
1: Yeah, and I mean, yeah. we can speculate as to what that is, right? Like you pointed out that... I.
0: So here's what I think they need to do. They need to wipe the slate clean pretty much. Sure, players who played the first one, they'll get bonuses in Destiny 2. And like all that work you did will carry over. But there has to be a large reason for the community to come to Destiny 2. And that starts with the story they really have to nail the story with the sequel because if they don't nail that all those people that felt burned they'll just feel justified in not showing any support for the sequel.
1: I think you're right. Like story is key for the sequel because if anything like regardless of what features you bring or new gameplay or however cool the maps are and all these brand new things that you might be bringing if the story isn't there, then that one lingering sort of criticism from mm-hmm. year one, which is that Destiny has no story, is yeah. still valid, which will still give people a reason to like, just throw that comment away in every sort of comment section on the mm-hmm. internet. So I think you're right as far as story goes. Um, we can speculate as to what would bring players back, right? Like you pointed out that there was this high expectation of what Destiny could be. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't that, players felt burned, and they felt like they were cheated a little bit out of their money. Yeah. And then it was exacerbated by the fact that Destiny only seemed to improve uh, over the year with DLC, which mm-hmm. costed extra. So that gave fans who were burned, uh, or I guess you wouldn't call them fans at this point, but people who were burned by Destiny 1 even more fodder for why Destiny isn't good, because mm-hmm. now they have the argument that it only... like. To make the game good you need to pay more money Mm -hmm. so i think like if you want to encourage those people to come back one you got to nail the story two you have to present them with a bunch of really cool features and stuff that they find exciting about destiny Mm -hmm. that is actually in the game afterwards right like one of the big things was like one of the really big things was that uh someone asked or it was during a presentation of destiny i forget at which event they said like they looked out on this beautiful open world right there oh, yeah. on earth and they said you could go anywhere and explore anything and that is not the case no, like it's very all. linear actually mm-hmm. in terms of how the world is designed and that was just one of those things where people like had this expectation of exploring a world like gta or skyrim where you can go anywhere and do anything in any order but in this sci-fi sort of combat oriented world and that was something that didn't deliver. So the I think that there is a way to get people on board. It's like if you present them with something that is really cool and exciting like that, mm-hmm. and then you deliver on that, haters won't have anything to hate on.
0: I almost wonder how much of this is the marketing team's fault? How much of it is Bungie's fault for like having this grand vision that oh, didn't geez. quite come to fruition? And how much, this is the harder one, how much is it your own fault for kind of having a wild imagination about what could be based on just a little bit of information. I mean, that's what a good marketer does, right? They get you excited about a product. Yeah. And they say it's overhyped. Overhyped by whom? By your own imagination? Yeah. Possibly? I mean, that's a really difficult situation to ask, and we're probably going to get flamed in the comments for it, because whenever you ask somebody to look internally and actually ask that question, you're met with defensiveness. So, so, yeah, I think, it's something yeah, to consider.
1: It is. And, I mean, honestly, the, the the bottom line answer there is who's to say, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can't, I, certainly no one could fault Bungie for wanting to do something grand and expansive, right? Yeah. Bungie's job is to make the coolest thing that they can make on the resources and the timeline that they have. Yeah. Marketing's job is to, no matter if the game is bad or good, get as many people interested and hyped yeah. and buying the game as possible. So you can't mm-hmm. fault them either. But you can't also fault the fans for getting excited mm-hmm. about something if it seems cool, right? like, you can try as a fan, and I often do, to temper expectations because... Like
0: earlier in the show, I was talking about, like, the next DLC. I want to be excited about it, but I'm setting my expectations low.
1: Right. Like, and that's the thing is, like, you can... You can say that fans do need to temper expectations or keep their expectations in check, but really at the core of it like can you blame someone for getting excited about something that seems awesome? Of course you can't right So yeah. there's really no one in a situation like that to blame and there's mm-hmm. so many factors that go into an argument about like who's to blame for whatever the problem is yeah so I don't even know if it's worth exploring right but like I think the I think the real the the core of the question is like, You got to take a critical look at what Destiny Two, when it comes around, is presenting, and whether or not that's interesting to you, like internally. And you got to factor in all this, like, okay, well, they did say these things before, so and those didn't, they didn't deliver on that, so maybe I got to keep that in check, right? I
0: think that's going to have an impact on their pre-sales. You know, less people will pre-order.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, going going back to I mean, going back to the root of the question, which is, will Destiny Two ever be as successful? Yeah successful commercially? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's possible.
0: Because... This was the first big game of a new console cycle. It launched on four platforms. From
1: Bungie. From the developers of Halo. Like, one of the most... No, the most widely regarded shooter on consoles ever made. And, uh, like, critically and commercially. And... Well, maybe not commercially because of Call of Duty, but yeah, point taken. Like, these are the developers of Halo. This is a brand new shooter. It was built as an open world, massive experience, MMORPG slash shooter, drop-in, drop-out, co-op, doing all these things you've never seen before. People were really, really, really excited, and I think that it didn't quite hit that mark. Yeah, it was marketed as just a new type of game that you'd never seen before, and people were really, really interested in it. And whether or not it hit the mark, like I don't think you can replicate that expectation yeah. either from a marketing side or a design side. Also, like,
0: no competition at the time. There was like true, nothing true. else that was huge at that window.
1: Yeah, like yeah. we people. I mean, to make to make a comparison, uh, 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 an analogy. Uh, A lot of people have been talking about whether or not Star Wars The Force Awakens is going to break the world, like the international box office record for most gross. Has it hit China yet? It hasn't hit China yet. Yeah. Still. Mm -hmm. Uh, the world record holder is Avatar, right? Yeah. I don't, like, as cool as Star Wars is and as much as I like it and as much as a commercial success it is, I still don't think it's going to break the worldwide gross because you know why? Avatar was marketed as a new way to see movies. Yeah. Like People didn't think it was a movie. They thought it was going to be way more than that because of the 3D and because of all this crazy stuff. And there was marketing saying, like, James Cameron designed new cameras for it, like, built them from the ground up and all this stuff. And people like my mom, who are not interested in the movies, were like, hey, have you heard about this? avatar this calling new camera the phone thing? yeah like yeah. what is that right mm-hmm. i just don't think that i don't think star wars can generate that sort of hype well mm-hmm. you know time will tell because as you say it's coming up on it and it hasn't hit china yet so it may, yeah. it may very well break it but i don't think it will and it similarly similarly i don't think that destiny can replicate what the hype and the expectation now that there was for Destiny 1. They
0: had this perfect storm launching the first game, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. And another thing to consider is that they might not launch on last gen hardware.
1: Oh, I certainly hope they don't.
0: There'd I, be no I, reason to. Yeah, we've all talked about how we, we hope they do not do that. And if they don't do
1: that... Yeah, I mean, what is that 300... I mean, I don't know what the exact like, numbers are, let's but say 200 million consoles out there that you're not hitting, total, yeah, between yeah. PS3 and... I don't know the exact sales figure, but it's isn't gonna it like be, 85 or 80, 90 million per PS3 and Xbox 360 I, I,
0: I don't know, yeah. but... Uh, That's a punch in the gut.
1: There is a sizable chunk of consoles out there that are PS3s and 360s that if Destiny 2 doesn't release on, you're just not getting those sales. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Definitely.
0: All right. Final question. Uh, We kind of wanted to pull it back in here at the end and talk about the current product. So the product in its current form is uh, basically kind of light on content. So what a lot of people have been enjoying are the raid challenges mode. Raid challenge mode. So I'm going to write this down quick. So with Destiny's Raid Challenge mode, a lot of people are hopping in and getting big rewards for doing this section of the game right now. I think it's a great system, but there are a few simple tweaks that I think would improve it. I'll say a really easy one. Uh, let me infuse my artifacts into other pieces of gear. Like I get I'm guaranteed a 320 artifact. So you could either do it so that. Players can just use other weapons to infuse, because if I got five 320 snipers, but I can't infuse them into my primaries, they're useless to me. And you only get primaries on Oryx. So it makes the Oryx encounter, like, the only way right now you can get your primary to 320, or maybe Iron Banner if you get insanely lucky. Right. Um, So just changing the infusion mechanic a little bit, or making it so that you're not just guaranteed an artifact drop every week, like maybe next week it's a special 320 guaranteed, or... I don't know, just we need more options for those 320 level items.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that both Diablo 3 and World of Warcraft did really well was adjusting loot tables over time to adapt to player expectations, right? Like once people were getting gear, optimizing that gear for what they do and seeing problems with how they get it, that's when the loot tables were changed to keep allowing players to get things that they needed to get, right? That's something Blizzard has done really, really well. And I think Bungie needs to do the same thing. Like you said, I have so many 320 artifacts, I don't even know what to do with them. Like, yeah. I just delete them. I mm-hmm. mean, I you know I don't delete them, I dismantle them for marks and stuff. Yeah. But I have the one I want, and I don't need any other ones for any of my characters, and the ones that I get are totally useless, right? So instead of stacking more uh, artifacts, like, why not give me a chance at two helmets or two primaries or two whatever else there are as opposed to one and one right And
0: often you get that in the challenge when you get double helmets double chest piece etc cetera, etc cetera. but yeah man I don't need but Just any- some
1: variation would help right Like I don't need any more artifacts Yeah I don't need any more artifacts yeah. either I don't think anyone needs any more artifacts
0: It was a strange
1: design choice really like you're guaranteed a 320 artifact every time you do a challenge Well I like that because it allows people to it gives people a reason to want to go to the raid because th- hitting Once. 320 is the goal. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, you, that's the thing is you don't need just one 320 piece to get to 320, though, overall. Sorry. You need a ar- whole bunch. You're right?
0: guaranteed a 320 artifact, but only the artifact and nothing else. So it's, right. it's just kind of confusing. It's like, well, why is it the artifact every time? Right. Why was that decision made? And
1: yeah. now that people have their artifacts, like how about class items? Like how about just adding variation to the loot table, right? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be a guaranteed 320 or maybe it does for class items, but like I think the guaranteed 320 needs to stay
0: there personally.
1: No, I mean yeah. I like the guaranteed 320 because yeah. it sets up it 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 sets aside the challenge mode from just the regular raid mm-hmm. or the the hard raid rather yeah. because you can get up to 320 in the regular raid, mm-hmm. but it's just very rare. So it's like why do the challenge mode if that's if you have the same chance or even mm-hmm. if just slightly higher chances of getting something that isn't 320 like that's not even like what's the point right so I agree with you there but like if you could add variation to it or like more loot to the table so that it's not a, so it's a surprise every time you're getting it and mm-hmm. those surprises actually benefit your progression that would be a massive step in making the raid more relevant as time goes on
0: yeah uh, there's one thing that you talk about often and that is just Changing the challenge up a little bit every week.
1: Yeah, it'd be great, man. Like, uh, I don't exactly know how much flexibility you have in doing that with the mechanics that are already established, right? But Bungie's seem to be pretty clever about it so far, right? Like, I mean, so the War Priest one, like that that challenge, like I didn't even know. The great example was like last week or two weeks ago, whenever the War Priest challenge was. We did it, and I was like, "Wait, aren't we supposed to do challenge mode?" They're like, "That was challenge mode," and I was like, "Oh, well, because like most groups, if you're efficient, like, are killing do them in two, like, whatever tomes, whatever they are, yeah. anyway. So you never have to pass it to more than two people. It's so very,
0: it's, it's very unlikely the same tome would be lit twice. Therefore, it's very hard to get the same person with the the aura or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: and like, yeah, like basically, the challenge mode doesn't force you." really to adjust your strategy the way the other ones do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Golgoroth one does, but also kind of in a roundabout way. I don't know how you guys do it, but like ours is still the same strategy, except you do DPS on numbers one and six, yep. and then two, three, four, and five just pass it really quick back and forth just to get yeah. through them. Yeah. And then it's just the same encounter
0: again, right? Like I've heard of the one and six strategy. We just do it on one because it's just, it's, chill. it's more of a chill experience, you know? Mm. It's a little less stressful trying to get that second dps round
1: on number six but uh not that much yeah Uh, i mean that's the thing is like that the point is that ultimately the challenge on golgoroth i mean it does change your tactics a little bit because suddenly people do have to pass the gaze back mm -hmm. and forth but that's not all that hard and once you get that part down you're just doing damage the same way you would normally do it to Golgaroth Mm -hmm. the Oryx challenge does force you to do things very differently which is really cool and I like that a lot but what I would want to see is that every week like a new or give me three different variations of the challenge mode Mm -hmm. and then rotate them week to week right like and you're not sure which one it is yeah and you have to figure it out that would be a great way to make sure like You know, you walk in to the raid and you're like, okay, well, it could be any three of these scenarios. Mm -hmm. And then you have to all kind of react and react accordingly to whichever scenario presents itself as fast as you can. Yeah, That's cool. That's interesting. Do that.
0: Yeah, that would definitely be fun. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments below. How could you make the raid challenge mode better? Sean, thank you for joining me this week. Thank you for having me. Guys, if you want to review Fireteam Chat for us, check us out on iTunes. There's a review system there, and we appreciate reviews. I said review five times there. Also, I mentioned the Facebook group at the beginning of the show. Check them out. They're on Facebook. You type in Fireteam Chat in your search, and they should pop up easily. They are a closed group, so you will – Probably be in in like an hour or something. It's it's pretty it's pretty easy to get in. They're on the ball over there, and they're a great little community.
1: And they are pretty active.
0: Yeah. Also, if you want to support the show, you can go to go.ign.com store We have some shirts there that you can check out if you want to get one. I have the yellow one. I really like the yellow they one. They have the cool Fire Team chat logo on them. Yeah, they have the logo on them. They're actually pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I want
1: surprised. one. I don't have one. <laughs>
0: Anyway, that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, Guardians Guardians out. out.